0: To uh visit a country
1: after a terrorist attack. <laughs> okay. Uh, after a terrorist attack. You know, the horse has already left the barn. It's cheap. <laughs> I was in Istanbul after they had that bombing at the airport. So I went there.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: And there was a bus, well, supposedly 50 people. How many people do you think were on the bus? Two. One. You. Uh...
0: So I got the whole tour. <laughs> and they're like, why are you got here? The whole bus. And I stayed at a $300 a night hotel for 30 bucks. Oh my um, gosh. Uh, I was in Morocco
1: after they chopped off two. Two uh, girls' heads off, <laughs> and, and I was on this trail, got- on the same trail that they. Were- <laughs> so, wait, when you read the news of a terrorist attack, you're like, "Time to hit orbit." See? So wait, I but mean- you,
0: you get really good deals, and, and the security is fantastic.
2: <laughs> For fun, I mean. Oh my god! N- not a bad advice. D-
0: fucking amazing. It's obviously
2: funny, but not a bad advice. I always like to trust the advice of people wearing uh, earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Blue earmuffs in 78 degrees Fahrenheit in Los Angeles.
0: I think they're headphones. Let's just start there. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Has it wire.
2: Are they? <laughs> oh, they <laughs> are. They the are. They're, they're headphones. We have headphones, too. It looks like Asian chicks in... You know the Asian chicks in, yeah. like, Chinatown? Yeah. Harajuku <laughs> girls? Or is that Japanese? I don't know. Wow, mm-hmm. I sound racist this week. Welcome to a mentionable podcast. Before we get to our guest... It, which is uh, Sedat İlhan, uh, the founder, uh, co-founder of LiveLifeTaller.com, which is a leg lengthening facility in Istanbul. He himself had gone through three rounds of leg lengthening surgery. He's now a fi- little over five nine, close to five ten. Um, he was five
1: one though before.
2: Five one, and um, and he's hot, and that's really kind of the rule for booking further guests on the program is that like do i feel my dick (laughs) shift while i'm because i am exclusively attracted to arabic men there's something about that (laughs) self-hating internalized homophobia that man they fuck well yeah i don't know what it is (laughs) it's all just pent up and then it comes out when they release metaphorically <laughs> of course um but he's coming up on the program he had um broke his legs three times he has a son that he also said he would allow to do surgery and for some reason even though they are a, le- um, a leg lengthening facility with an orthopedic surgeon i just kept bringing up dick lengthening surgery <laughs> i i tried to draw i tried to draw some sort of a line there which is ridiculous i just think i just wanted to have an excuse to keep asking about his penis
1: yeah but that'll come next week though
2: <laughs> that'll come next week on the program part two will be next week so part one is this week but one of the things i have noticed before we get to that is you guys have probably noticed you know obviously we we've seen andrew tate and you've seen all these sort of like red pill influencers come along and and they're kind of popping up. There's Sneeko, and there's all these different kind of people. Now there's Pearl Davis that they're saying is a woman that hates herself. And they're kind of putting her through the attack cycle. Some of the, their points are valid and interesting about human nature. And some of it is, frankly, just ridiculous. Uh, you know, things like guys not being able to get over a woman's body count. And I just don't understand why you can't transcend your biology in a sense. Um, you know, if it's if, if this girl is the greatest girl for you and you like the same movies and food and travel and she makes you laugh and you like the way she looks physically, but maybe she sucked 30 dicks. And these guys, when they're, they find out that fact, they're uncomfortable with that. And they say, you know, even if she's the dream girl, blah, blah, blah, blah. If I find she's been with a lot of men or 30, I would just get rid of her immediately. And that seems to be something that's growing online. And, and, and certain parents are saying, This is really toxic. Certain schools in the UK are trying to have the teachers do re-education programs. Because if there's anything that, you know, 60-year-old teachers are great at in school, it's teaching 16-year-old boys about what's hip and what's cool on the internet. So I'm sure that will go well. But I – it's just been overwhelming. I'm seeing it constantly pop up in my feeds. I'm constantly seeing this sort of, like, red pill mentality – with uh, notes of what some people would call toxic masculinity. And I saw this clip of this guy. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, I think his name is Sean Mendiz. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. But he had popped up in my feed and I said, wow, this is one of the worst examples I've seen lately of just toxic masculinity and just this culture of just this machismo, (laughs) bravado culture. It's almost actually kind of overwhelming the amount of masculinity that's coming at you when you when you hear this clip, like you're like, wow, that guy is like, he's like drowning in pussy. Like, does he ever come up for air? Like, I assume that he. It's hard for him to get oxygen because there's just so many women that are just one after another wanting wanting to sit on his face. And I don't know <laughs> why. Are you, why are you laughing again? I don't know if that's a good thing in society. I don't know if that's something that we want to work towards, but I will say when I saw this clip, I was like, it kind of brought me back to like, um, you know, Braveheart and those war movies. When you see something, you're like, <laughs> you're like, wow, that's like, a, that's like a real man. real man. Like, it's like intimidating <laughs> how much of a man he is. And I wonder, you know, like these are the kind of men that women just masturbate to. They're just like, wow, that's like a provider. Yeah. And I'm worried about. His name, Sean M- Mendes, I believe that's... Men- I think it's Mexican Mendes, I think so. No, no, I don't think that's it. No, I think no. it's... I, I've heard of the pop star you're talking oh, yeah, about. Yeah, no, yeah. no, this is another guy, Sean Mendes. <laughs> and... Looks like him, though. He's talking about... Well, it. it's just... I, I'm worried guys are... When they see this, young men are going to get radicalized. Oh. It's just... It's... We're going to. My point is, we're going too far with the masculinity. Play the clip for them. Show them. Um, I also love the crop. I think the crop tops are su- they're super beautiful. They look great they're on fit. men. They look great on men. So don't don't be afraid to pick them up, guys. They look good. <laughs> P- can you play that again for me, please? Sorry, a um, lot. I also love the crop. I think the crop tops are su- they're super beautiful. They look great, great on men. Fit. They look great on men. So don't don't be afraid to pick them up, guys. They look good. <laughs> This is rape culture. This is a perfect <laughs> example of an environment in which men are just He might have all, he might have well said I love AR-15s and shooting up schools. Like it just had that kind of like energy to it, you know, that like really toxic masculine like, "Whoa, dude. Like back off." So, I don't know who this Sean Mendes person is. I don't know if he's running some sort of like new red pill culture i i don't know i i am I'm, I'm scared for what will come next for young men what do you think as a role model he's telling them like to wear. what, what did he say what is a crop is that like a what is that a gun a crop top is that a cut is that kind of a what is a crop top can you show me what it is let me let me google it for you right let now. me show you what it is <laughs> I just, me, i'm getting look. a bad vibe from this guy <laughs> let me look it up <laughs> Oh. Okay, I take back everything I just said at the past. (laughs) I have egg on my face. It appears this Sean Mendes is a flamboyant homosexual that I somehow thought... I don't know if it was the way he talked. Like, he was just very forceful, like... Men need to wear crop. Just you know his voice, right? That's how he sounded, right? Can you play it again? It just to me, it was like you know, you know, kind of when you hear Andrew Tate talking, you're like, ah, uh, that's like that's rape culture, right there. Yeah. This guy is. Go ahead. Um, I also love the crop. I think the crop tops oh, are
0: super beautiful.
2: They look great on men. Oh, okay. They look great on men, so don't don't be afraid to pick them up, guys. They look good. Okay, I I I think I also made a mistake. I was clearly drunk from the interview with the Arab man that we just spoke to from the <laughs> clinic where they swipe your credit card for a hundred grand and then just break your legs <laughs> that I now am seeing this differently. And I think I, now I'm thinking straight and I'm going like, Oh, this is, this is a gay guy who just <laughs> wants you as a heterosexual man, which Shivam is questionably <laughs> What the fuck? to wear a shirt that's cut off.
1: That exposes my abs.
2: Something that most people don't have. Don't have, yeah. But, um, wow, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite embarrassed about what just happened. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, something about the way he said, it just kind of rolled off. His, it sounded like Andrew Tate for a second. And then it really went to Beyonce. <laughs> And I don't know what happened, but we'll be keeping tabs on this guy because I just feel like there's something about him that I don't. It's off. Yeah, I'm getting a different kind of vibe with him now. I I don't know. We have to keep following him because Sean
1: Mendes. Yeah,
2: Shawn, not to be confused with Sean Mendes, the pop star. Shawn Mendes <laughs> telling man to wear crop tops. Can you show me the crop tops again? I mean, it's basically like the movie 300, the masculinity that's coming at you with the crop top (laughs) outfit. Yeah. Like, see that second guy there? Yeah. Like, that's someone that, you know, like, save us a few women, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sure a lot of straight guys see that guy and say, hey, can you save some women for the rest of us? A a playful puppy. (laughs) (laughs) You guys need to see this on video. It's what Shivam will be wearing when he drops another 10 pounds. I assume that he'll be buying one of those. Probably. And he's nodding. <laughs> Probably. And he's nodding. <laughs> and he's nodding. But I wait. wearing like an overshirt on it. Like, not just a crop top, though. Because you know I'm all odd fashion. It's cold and flu season. I can't risk wearing a crop top. <laughs> this Sean Mendez is crazy. Anyway, um, before we get to the show before we get the interview with my uh, boyfriend and <laughs> the leg lengthening surgery live lifetaller.com if you identify as a midget you can go to istanbul the break your legs you'll be in a bed for 3 months there are complications which he he just kind of jumped over he yeah. said, "Yeah, there's bone complications." He goes, "But anyways," and I was like,
0: yeah. <laughs> "Come back, wait, what liability.
2: <laughs> Go back to the liability." He just jumped right over yeah, it, yeah, like yeah. to the. He was kind of making the point, of, like, "Don't worry, we can fix it." And it's yeah. like, "Yeah, but what is the extent of the complications?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, before we get to that, um, because Toronto is an extremely exciting city, sort of the, sort of the like cultural center of the world. Most people look to Toronto. Again, you're laughing when I'm trying to be... Sarcastic. Some people look to... I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being honest. I'm always being honest on this program. (laughs) A lot of people look to Toronto for cultural trends. You know, a lot of people focus on, like, Milan Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week. Toronto is just kind of flies under the radar. It leads a lot of the cultural trends in the world. Most people don't know this. They always talk about TIFF and, you know, like, the film industry, which is undeniable. But... Toronto is like a of things. So we, for COVID, uh, we were unique in that we basically, you know, eradicated everyone's civil liberties and trapped them in the country. And to remember that period of time in which we uh, printed all that money, inflated the food prices, destroyed civil liberties, destroyed small businesses, destroyed trust in public health, really, um, they've got together and they have a bunch of tax dollars in a bag I imagine they have it in a bag, like ducktails. <laughs> and they've got it in a bag and they're like, you know, we've got a lot of people right now who are homeless. We've got a lot of people that have health problems from the pandemic. We've got an underfunded healthcare system. What should we use this money for? And they said, well, why don't we make an exhibit as sort of an homage to the period of COVID-19? And so they've taken uh, one exhibit is about Dr. Eileen DeVilla, which is the medical officer of health during COVID. Big fan of her on my end. This show has been, she's a huge fr- a fan of the show, friend of the show. And they decided to take her scarf that she wore during the press conferences, where she parroted, you know, the talking points of the federal government and Big Pharma, who she's owned by late stage capitalism. They decided to take that. Scarf and put it in an exhibit. So the headline reads, Top Doc, Eileen Davila's Signature Scarf is Part of Toronto's COVID Exhibit. The neckwear was worn during a particularly difficult time during the early days of the pandemic. So this week I, and this is a true story, this week I am going with my friends to City Hall to visit, and this is true, I'm going to visit the Eileen Davila scarf. exhibit because I want to see... How ridiculous it's it's gotten and i well i want to see the scarf because there's been lots of scarves that was what she was kind of known as not you know effective public policy <laughs> people were more focused on um the her scarves yeah. because Fashion. it's like humans are you know basic pea-brained you just kind of grab something wave it in front of them oh a scarf <laughs> and they ignore the fact that their business is done Yeah. so scroll down a little bit and so they're talking about um <clears throat> so now one of the scarves is part of an exhibition called transforming transforming grief Loss and togetherness in COVID-19. On display at Toronto City Hall for the past two weeks as part of a temporary installation, the exhibit now moves to the Fort York Visitor Center. A sign accompanying the glass box containing the herringbone scarf reads, At every briefing, Dr. Davila wore a scarf, which quickly became her signature accessory. It It was at Toronto City Hall on March 19, 2020, that Dr. Davila wore this pleated scarf with brown stripes and green zigzags. And... um someone had tweeted sometimes i ask myself what would dr eileen davila's scarf do in this situation (laughs) then a calm washes over me and the answer appears (laughs) and many during the peak of covid in this period they're talking about actually debated using their own scarf to hang themselves so i think they're also kind of there's commentary there about suicide i think According to the Toronto History Museums, the exhibit represents the collective voices of, get me out of this country, the collective voices of community members, artists, frontline workers, activists, and volunteers smash those pans and conveys how we experienced and continue to experience the pandemic. Dr. Villa chose this particular scarf for the display because it was worn during a particularly difficult time during the early days of the pandemic, and it basically works as, about as good as a mask. Oh, wait, I added that part. <laughs> Her scarves were a big hit during a trying time. Someone Mm. even created a Twitter account for them. What again? When people say Toronto has no culture, it's like, excuse me. Yeah, I saw an article (laughs) last week about uh, you know less people in Toronto are drinking alcohol, but why are mocktails so expensive? Mocktails are kind of you know the mix.
0: Not an alcoholic. Yeah.
2: Right, and again, people say Toronto has no culture, and it's like I just gave you two examples. (laughs) I'm not gonna hear it anymore. This woman, Carleen Nation, she sounds like a fan of the show, says, Dr. Eileen DeVilla's extreme lockdown policies destroyed small biz and damaged mental health of children with school closures. She called for unvaxxed workers to be fired. Pulled, in all caps, pulled down her scarf. This is an insult to people who suffered from her destructive policies. So I'm going to go this week with my friends to... See the scarf, and then we're really excited, because if you pay an extra $5, another exhibit behind that for Teresa Tam, and it's her (laughs) jockstrap. And then if you walk 10 more feet, you can see the panties of the girl that John Tory ate out when he was cheating on his wife. (laughs) And this will be the highlights of the exhibit, Transforming Grief, Lost in Togetherness in COVID-19, Fort York Visitor Center. Through January seventh, twenty twenty four, because if if anyone can stretch this out for another ten months, it's Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that woman Sylvia Jones? Can you pull her up? Remember that Bulldike that was always at the press conferences? I think she was the Solicitor General. Uh, maybe they maybe uh they maybe got rid of her. No, it's it's S, there, there she the, hit the first shot. I mean, wow. But I think they got rid of her. She was the Solicitor General. But remember, we would always watch those press conferences, in the old show, and I was just like, who's that bull dyke? Who's that (laughs) little league hockey coach that they got up there? So we'll think of an exhibit for her. But here's part one with LiveLifeTaller.com, Sadat Ilhan, who co-owns a clinic with Dr. Halil. Why does it say Ope? On his name, orthopedic surgeon, I guess, yeah. Doctor Halil Buldu. Bil- oh, powered, nailed that. Uh, <laughs> located in Istanbul, up to a hundred thousand dollars to add length to your legs. Part one will be this week. Part two will be next week. If you'd like to join the Patreon for bonus content, that's patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast where you can also watch this show every week. And if you have a few minutes, go on iTunes, five star of the show and hit the subscribe button on whatever player you're listening to. It helps us grow organically, et cetera, et cetera. If you're on X videos, finger banging yourself, hit the subscribe button. Enjoy. Okay, we're here with at Ilhan. Did I nail it?
1: Exactly.
2: taller.com located in Istanbul, um, who himself has had limb lengthening surgery three times. So what was your original height before you had the first surgery?
1: Yeah, my original height was 157 uh, before my surgery. So in inches, I'm not sure. So right now, I'm 177. I reach with three limb lengthening surgeries, two on my upper legs and one on my lower legs, totally 20 centimeter.
2: What does that convert to in inches?
1: In inches 20 centimeter, let me check. Um, I'm not sure, but can you check please in inches 20 centimeter? So it's it's a really uh, it's okay. I got, I got goal, my minion goal. working on it too.
2: Come on, minion, let's go. Seven point eight inches. Seven point eight inches. Wow. Yeah. So what's your current? Uh, so uh, what is your current height in in feet and inches? One seventy
0: seven. One seventy seven. Um, so
2: five eleven. I think. Possibly. Uh, yeah, I guess. So
1: five feet and nine inches. Nine point six.
2: So you're five foot nine now. Wow, that's a big game. Yeah. Now, dear. Pro- yeah, I want one fifty seven. Now, do do your proportions change? Because I'm someone who has uh, longer legs and a shorter torso. So, if you keep adding a long amount to the bottom, did did you feel that your proportions changed after the multiple surgeries?
1: Yeah, this is a good question because everybody's afraid about the proportion. So, of course, if you think logic, yes, uh, of course, I was also afraid before my surgery, but The craziest thing is even the proportion looks better uh, after surgery because this is the limb lengthening surgery. We don't touch the upper body. Of course, it's also medically not possible, but just to imagine uh, when we try to lengthen the upper body, what is of course, which is not possible. So what's happened, your upper body will get longer, longer and your arms will get longer as well uh, because it's connected to your uh, body. So this proportionally, it looks really bad, Uh, but thanks to God, upper body lengthening is not possible so here we do limb lengthening surgery and because of that arm will in the same position upper body as well and uh, we just gain eight nine or ten centimeter with one surgery so and the propulsion looks really natural but unfortunately with patients uh, with dwarfism i mean a patients like 110 or 120 i mean small peoples yes with that kind of patients we have propulsion problems uh, at the end, we have to lengthen the upper legs, lower legs, and the arms as well. So why did
2: you have to have three surgeries? Because I've seen some people get as much as five inches out of one surgery. Did you max out yeah. from the single surgery and had to keep doing it? Like, what, what is the differential between people who can gain five inches in one surgery versus those that have to have multiple surgeries? Uh,
1: so we have different uh, options, of course. Because, of course, everybody's also different and every goal is different. But we have the option to do, uh, for example, in inches, um, mm-hmm. 10 centimeters, five inches, right? So approximately 10 centimeter. So we can do, for ex- first of all, we have patients, they say, I need just 10 centimeters. We can do it with one surgery. And I have also my hand, uh, phone right now. And they say, for example, 10 centimeters is enough. Then we can do that with the femur, I mean, the upper legs. So we have some patients, they said, I will... 13 or 14 centimetre, we can do the famous quadrilateral lengthening. The quadrilateral lengthening is the femur and tibia at the same time. Uh, But of course, for the quadrilateral lengthening, we have to check how is the condition before the surgery, how is the bone quality, how is the blood result, how is the muscle flexibility. According uh, to this kind of uh, result, we can decide can we do the quadrilateral, I mean, femur and tibia at the same time or not. Or we have patient also, for example, they say, for example, I will reach 10 centimetre. Just I will split my goal five on the upper legs, five on the lower legs. Uh, It depends on patient, to be honest.
2: So what is the in layman's terms? What are we doing? We're literally breaking the bone in two and stretching it using technology. Just give us the most basic analysis here.
1: We have two different technologies. One of them, the LON, lanterning Obanay, with external fixator. Uh, I did my surgery with the Lone Method, by the way. So, and we cut the bone under our control, of course, surgically. So, right. like a small incision. And we will give a patient a lanterning key. So, and the patient turns the key. Oh. So, and the fixator will open the bones, each other, and the patient gets over like that.
2: So, there's a rod in there that you have to install?
1: Exactly. This is a lengthening uh, over nail technique with external fixator and uh, intramedral nail in the bone inside. And the nail looks like that, by the way. So, we, will, we put a nail in the bone inside and stabilize the fixator uh, from outside. fixator is just doing the lengthening. He's responsible for lengthening and weight bearing during lengthening, and if the patient reaches goal like in two months or two and a half we will remove the fixator and we will stabilize the nail with two more locking screw on the distal on the lower part so and the patient has to leave with the nail in uh, the bone inside approximately one year uh, if the bone is complete healed we can take out the nail as well so
2: you have to have so. a follow-up surgery to take that out
1: as well Exactly, it's, it's a second surgery, but it takes maybe twenty minutes, twenty or thirty minutes. Jesus Christ! This is the Turkish uh, from a Turkish company, by the way. It's really famous, but we have another system. This is the famous Precise method. Uh, this system is from United States. This is just this is without dictator. We will put a magnetic nail in a bone canal in the bone inside, and we will give a patient a remote controller. He will lend them with a magnetic controller. They have a magnetic connection, by the way. It's really interesting. Holy so, <laughs> yes, this is a this is by the way, <laughs> this is the original precise nail. We removed uh, from a patient bone inside because the bone was healed and he was coming for removal. It's just for show now. And I will show you a demo version of them. This is demo. When the patient uh, tried lengthening with the ERC controller, so uh, the nail goes up, so slowly, slowly, it's a magnetic system, and uh, he can reach eight centimeter on the upper legs and six to eight on the lower legs. And,
2: and as someone who has experienced that slow lengthening in terms of either the key or in, under the method that you just explained, does it hurt every time that you have to adjust it? Like, what does it feel like?
1: No, uh, this is the craziest thing. Limb lengthening surgery, by the way, when you ask me about the pain, it's not painful. It looks painful. I totally agree, but it's definitely not painful. Uh, even the teeth pain is more worse than the lengthening, to be honest, because uh, some patient is afraid about what's happened after the surgery. Maybe I don't feel crazy pain. No, because we uh, give good medication after the surgery. So just uh, the patient have some, after five centimeters, some stretching pain. Even if the patient lengthen daily, uh, cannot feel pain this is really interesting so amazing at the same time uh, just after five to six centimeters the muscle is uh, stiff because imagine we will change daily the the uh, bone anatomy and also uh the problem here the limb lengthening surgery is when the patient do the lengthening we will also lengthen the soft tissue just imagine uh, the bone lengthening, we already stabilized the bone. The problem is not the bone, by the way. This is the funniest thing because patient is coming, paying a lot of money uh, for a bone lengthening, but the problem is not the bone. The problem is the soft tissue. When I say soft tissue, I mean muscle, tendons, and nerves. The problem is, for example, this red band is flexible right now because this is the original height of the band. But when I stretch the band to 10 centimeters, as you can see, it's really stiff. So, And we have to adapt all the soft tissues the muscle tendon nerves in the new bone size so and daily with physiotherapy so and the pain what the patient feel is not because of lengthening or surgery the pain is after five six centimeter the muscle will be stiff so and muscle hate muscle is always lazy by the way muscle hate it's when you do the lengthening or when you do some stress of the muscle and you can't measure the lengthening pain like when you stretch your arms you have some stretching feeling uh, on the arms, some stretching because of the uh, stretching exercises the pain the pain is the same. Um,
2: I thought bone pain was some of the worst pain out there along with nerve pain.
1: <laughs> no you cannot feel bone pain. this is a, this is really funny. By the way when you have also a fracture uh, the fracture area will touch your nerve because of that people's uh, feeling pain. you cannot feel bone pain and you also already stabilize the bone. That what you feel is a muscle stiffness because of the lengthening, that's all.
2: So after you woke up and the, they gave you, I assume, opiates or any kind of painkiller, yeah. you, you're saying yeah. that the bone pain wasn't really there for a long period of time. I assume you felt it for at least a few days, no?
1: I can uh, explain your story. Uh, it's for two weeks ago, it's happened with a patient from Germany. He canceled three times the surgery because he was afraid about the pain. What a and then game. he decided for this yeah he decided for the surgery and he came and then he canceled the game and surgery is after eight hours you know and I told him uh, bro come on uh, so why you will cancel the, the surgery it's like and there's said, no yeah, men left it's
2: you know it's like it's like there's no real men left it's like why don't you want to break your legs
0: <laughs> you know what I mean
2: it's like We need toxic masculinity, maybe, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yes. I understand, but I I have a question. What what is your height? Uh, 5'9", probably. Okay, 5'9", is perfect. And your height? Uh, 5'8", 5'7 and a half eight. Amazing. But he's got got a
2: 10-inch dick, so it kind of, like, compensates, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It it makes up for it, which would probably be the next business you guys go into. But, but were you, were you, I'm going to get a rod in my cock. When you were younger, did you feel, cause you're, you're a good looking guy. Did you feel, I assume you're straight, you're inestible. They probably killed all the gays. So you're straight, I assume. Heterosexual. Yeah. yeah. yeah. Um, did you feel like uh, women weren't giving you a lot of attention? Did you feel like people weren't taking you very seriously in business environments? Like what was it like to be the short guy?
1: The problem is, uh, my dad says, uh, short people cannot understand tall people, tall people cannot understand short. Sure. <laughs> this is the problem, and unfortunately, I was born in Germany, by the way, in Munich. I'm from Munich, as Germany, Germany, Munich, originally. i am since five years here because of the business in Istanbul. My dad is from Turkey, my mom's from Germany, by the way. So, German people is really tall. So, and I visit the United States, Italy, I don't know, even Egypt, and uh, my height was really short. But the problem is, uh, height, I say always the height of a man is a sign of a man. And uh, it's really important. So, for me, especially, I married, by the way, I have one, one child, I have one son. Do you think she would have I married you when you were here, short? Do you think she would have married you? Yeah, you my, wife is, my wife is also here. Yeah, she's also listening to me. Okay. So oh. And she also supported me, yeah, yeah. And uh, my wife said, I, you know, I decided to do the lettering because I had always a problem in my life because I it was not a feeling like I'm a man, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it was a different feeling. And also they affect my business life, unfortunately. And uh, nobody gives me more responsibility because of my height, especially in Germany. And also, yes, in my relationship, it was always a problem. I was in a love with uh, uh, uh, my ex friend, but not my girlfriend, just he was a good friend. And I told her, you know, I'm in love, I love you, and uh, maybe we can do something together. We can uh, start a relationship. She said, You are really, you are a really cool guy. Everything is good. You are handsome, but you are short. And uh, that was a shock moment for me. To be honest, my life is uh, completely changed. And even uh, some girls before was never looking to me, you know, when I go to a, a location or disco, uh, many, many, many girls, yes. Uh, also asking me and, uh, also for my numbers, but then I show my finger. And- <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> wow. Did you ever put yes, shoe lifts? Yes. You
2: ever put like those things in your shoes that Tom Cruise does to become taller? Did you do things
1: like that? I. I yeah, when I was 17, I used it, but I had a lot of uh, knee pain and uh, my feet ankle uh, hurts a lot. And after that, no, because I have also a crazy story. Uh, I was uh, I meet a girl, so uh, we go home, and she said, "Why you don't take off your shoes?" I say, "No, I have, I I don't like it." You know what I mean? So, but at the end, she saw that,
0: and (laughs) she never called me. You know. Oh no. (laughs)
2: Well, it's like it, it, a lot of women will say, you know, they're valued for their looks, which is true in society. But also when they insult men, it's usually saying that they have a they're poor, they have a small dick or they're short. That's usually the ways that women insult men. So it's like they do it, too, to men. And you live in a I, I understand when guys are quite short because like we live in a world in which men are valued, you know, their their presence, their provider role. And a lot of women aren't comfortable with a short guy. Um it's it, it is a re- reality, but I, I'm I don't know if many would go to the extreme of spending. I'm understanding that it's somewhere around a hundred thousand dollars to do this.
0: Um.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, you have the long system, the long method is a cheaper one. It costs uh, thirty five thousand euro. So, with package, ninety days recommendation, everything, and the size, the magnetic system from the United States, it costs sixty five thousand. So.
0: I mean, the what price you, quality is
1: good.
2: What do you get with someone who's like, for the lower $45,000 surgery, do you just get a different doctor? Are they blind or something?
1: I mean, uh, you, uh, your question is- <laughs> That was
2: a joke. <laughs> he was like, what? I just mean like, if I knew <laughs> I was paying less, I'd be wondering if I was getting the discount doctor or even like the discount technology.
1: The thing is, you mean about the discount, right? I mean, Yeah. When you do the, when he do the second surgery, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, no. Well, you so, said there's a forty five thousand dollars option. I uh, knowing that some people are paying hundred thousand dollars for this. Part of me wonders if forty five thousand dollars comes with more complications.
1: Like it's more cheap, so like the surgery would be like bad quality. Yeah, this is this is really interesting because a thirty five thousand is the one method is the cheaper one is the fixator. This is cheap because it's a system from Turkey and uh, we can buy that for cheap the system mm. but the problem is 65 the press size is unfortunately from united states and we have to buy with dollars united states currency and because of that, it's a little bit expensive but the problem is not the price is important here the patient can have also pay 1 million dollars for the surgery to be honest or 200k the most important thing here is the care you have to imagine we have a rehabilitation center with forty rooms, uh, we provide uh, really the best service with uh, with uh, different technologies here. anti trade treatment, laser uh, removal, uh, laser treatment for a soft tissue, deep muscle, deep tissue, and this kind of things. We have fifty-five employers. So, and the problem, uh, the, the, the most important thing here also is we uh, cover also the complications. For example, if our patient have a complication from our side or from patient side we cover also the complication. Our patients don't need to pay money and money for the complication. So uh, cheap is not bad, by the way. The most important thing here is the price quality is important and the service of the team. And uh, worldwide, uh, I think, it's my uh, personal opinion, we provide the best service.
2: If I had surgery tomorrow, how long because- am I in your facility rehabilitating? How long do I have to you know, cut off in my calendar or block off in my calendar, sorry? I
0: when I go back
1: a little bit uh, uh, to, the, um, uh, to Dr. Ali's history, so uh, Dr. Halif, since 2005, surgeon, 2012, he started with limb-like discrepancy to war patients from Libya, and he did more than 1,000 limb, limb-like discrepancy surgeries, I mean, one-side lengthening, so the further one. And since end of 2012, he started with the cosmetic limb lengthening surgery, and we have 4,500 limb lengthening cases until now international patients so and uh, the building the rehabilitation center we have that since one and a half year because uh, before the building our patient was coming here uh, some patients go fly back home some patient was in a hotel and we had always a problem so not complications but issues during lengthening and uh, which makes patients crazy and also we have to calculate with long recovery some patient wasn't happy uh, this kind of things. And so we decided they,
2: to do- Are they there for a month? Or are they there for two weeks? How long are they there for, to re- rehabilitate? 90 days. 90 three days. months. okay. Wow. Yeah. That's
1: quite a commitment. Because the landing period, the length period is like two, two and a half months and 90
0: days is a good time.
2: So during this time period, you guys are also covering the cost of food, uh, housing, rehabilitation, like it's all within the package that the person buys? Everything, just
1: we have everything, just uh, food is not included, but food is really cheap and delicious in Turkey. For three months, patient pay, pay maybe 1,000 to 1,500 euros for food,
2: completely. You mentioned complications. What are the complications?
1: So, uh, this is the most asked question, uh, So uh, because it's a surgery, complication can happen. I mean, uh, doctors say always, Dr. Hadid, if you do surgeries, you will have complications, but if you don't do surgeries, you will not have any complications. But until now, thanks to God, we never had a seriously complication like someone is dying or lose his legs or get crippled or something like that. Uh, just we have some, for example, with the lung methods, some mechanical complication during lengthening because everybody's different. Uh, you have to imagine the fixator have to fight with some muscle tendons, this kind of complications. Uh, also, or our bad complication was bone infection, unfortunately. Because, I mean, for example, especially with the one method, you have during lanterning, two, three months, open bones on the upper and lower part of the two pin entrance. And because of that, open bones means it's an innovation to infection. So at our worst case was bone infection. Uh, but this kind of thing is not a problem. By the way, not the complication is a problem. <laughs> I love how it you say fix the bone
0: infection
2: is not a problem. It's a little bit of a problem. Yeah,
1: complication complication is not a problem to, talk, to cannot fix the complication is a big problem because unfortunately many pay, many doctors have just 20 30 surgeries on his carrier and if something has happened, doctor is afraid and they don't know about how we can fix it so and uh, we also fix many complications of other doctors and countries also of course we not we, be, we will never publish it because we respect uh, the doctor's privacy as well. Uh, and one more question is one more complication also, another most asked question. if the patient do the lentering, uh, some patients have bad bone healing. We will We talk about non-union or less union. So this is a big problem because bone must heal. otherwise a uh, patient will have a problem and can never can never heal as before. Also for this kind of problems, we have some bone healing treatment also surgically, I mean, at the end, we have for everything solution, and un- until now, we fixed all our complications. So from 4,200 limb surgeries, what we performed, uh, we did maybe, we had nine bone infection cases.
2: Oh, that's not bad. Did you experience a period yourself yeah. after the surgery where, you know, some people, after they have surgery, they feel depression or anxiety for a period of time? In your situation, I assume you're completely immobile for yeah. weeks. Did you feel a crash? Did you feel a time period where you were thinking, what the hell yeah. have I done?
1: <laughs> After my first surgery, so uh, when I was uh, woke up from the anesthesia, my first word to word my wife said, that you are so stupid. Why you did this? <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, what is your, what is your problem, man? Uh, because you know, I, I, I, talk to myself, what is your problem? Because you are married, you know, what is your goal? You have a son. So <laughs> why you will this kind of, why you will feel this kind of pain? And I really regret my decision for one month, to be honest. So, because I was in a lot of pain, uh, I had bow I have to correct my bow as well. At the same time, normally, our surgery for the long methods takes two hours, 45, 45, approximately 90 minutes. My surgery was 13 hours, one, three hours. Yeah. Because I had bow legs, 40 degrees. And Dr. Halim said, your your surgery is really complicated. So, and when I was uh, woke up, I was I, I really, I was uh, really depressed because I'm really active guy. Uh, I love to enjoy my life. And I don't know, to go outside with my wife, drive my car, meet some friends and, you know, and I was three months, uh, you know, my bed. And it was really herbal for me. And uh, I regret my decision for one month, to be honest. And I talk always uh, to myself and why, why, why. But after uh, Dr. Ali removed my fixator, my wife, my wife uh, was, go, uh, she was she was going shopping for me because I need some new uh, pants because of my height. Yeah. So, and I was shocked and I, I, I, really, uh, I really cried because I saw my long legs. I saw that I'm taller than my wife, and uh, that wa- that makes me happy that I decided for the second surgery, it was better than the first. And the third surgery, it was amazing because I did everything, also with even with the fixator, during lanterning. I go outside, uh, even bar. Uh, I drive car during lanterning with the fixator, and it was really good, yes. But my first surgery, it was hard.
2: How long until you could, Walk for let's say fifteen minutes on your own. You mean during Lenten or after the during the recovery? Because you were mentioned you were bedridden for months. But how long was it until you could go for just a walk around the neighborhood for fifteen minutes? Unassisted?
1: Um, the first the first time I used crutches, but after two and a half, I'm I'm a little bit lazy guy, by the way. <laughs> I I really lazy. After two and a half months, I. The walking was better, so 10 minutes, but after 10 minutes, my muscle get tired, and uh, then I use my crutches again for support the muscle, but after two and a half months, it was good.
2: Okay, we're going to take a quick break there from me filleting my husband, uh, Sadat Ilhan of <laughs> LiveLifeTaller.com. Fuck like, that bitch that was sitting in the interview his whole bro, time that he called his
1: wife. Bro, bro he be listening to the and he'd be like, oh, I'm gonna send it to my friends, and then
0: like this.
2: He'll be listening to it, but he'll be missing some of the jokes, including the ones in the interview that he missed. So it's <laughs> yeah. fine.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And
2: if I at some point if I want to go get my legs broken, yeah. it'll be awkward. But I'm sure there's <laughs> other there's gotta be other facilities, right? He's not the only person. Anyway, ne- for regular people, ne- part two is going to be next week. But if you'd like to listen to that right now you're on the edge of your seat we have just put part two on patreon it's available right now patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast other 20 plus minutes of the interview uh some really interesting stuff we get into uh his recovery the kind of complications that people go through and if he would allow his son to go through the same surgery as him I don't know if the son's gonna do three rounds like he did but Uh, if he would even allow his son to have a single surgery to lengthen his leg. So that's patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast, or you can download the Patreon app off the App Store. Go on there and subscribe. You can watch the show every week. There's different tiers. Uh, You get a lot of bonus content, probably 80 to 90 hours of bonus content on there. If you have a long road trip or anything like that, it's it's, it's a good option. So patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast podcast. Sorry. If not, part two will be next week on this show next Friday. Love you. Bye.